We're on. Let's go. (laughs) Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Friday for another weekly recap video. Yesterday, we had an exciting patent update about a new patent that Block One just received. Uh, We'll talk about in detail in just a little bit and give you an update there as well on some of the tweets. Uh, But before we dive into it, if you're joining us here, please smash the like button. It really helps the algorithm. Subscribe if you haven't already. And the final thing, before we get started, I do have to mention that anything we say should not be taken as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. There's two guys discussing open source software. Well, if you listen to us, you'll likely get wrecked. So, uh, Max, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm good, man. So, I, I, Rob, we're, we're usually saying uh, subscribe to everything you have, subscribe to Cypherglass, but uh, you launched a, a new podcast of your own last week, and it was, it was different than what I expected, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, called bullish why don't you why don't you introduce everyone and i'll tell you what i thought yeah so this is my new sort of uh experimental podcast i guess you call it it's called bullish so if you search on itunes or any podcast app search bullish it's right there the green one and you'll see the episodes that are available now uh the first episode is about bitcoin citadels which is this really cool uh reddit post back in 2013 that i remember reading that i sort of recap um and talk about this dystopian sci-fi future where you know if you don't have enough bitcoin you basically uh, don't survive. So it's really interesting and kind of allows me to dive into topics beyond EOS, but I will also have topics from within the EOS ecosystem that I talk about as well. So I'm super excited. Search Bullish on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search Bullish and uh, please subscribe. New episode oh, Monday. Oh, oh man, you're supposed to throw up the phone, man. Oh, I did. I did. I don't we we planned this ahead of time. We're like, pull up the phone, show it. On Dang. iTunes. Yeah. On iTunes, on SoundCloud, Spotify, everywhere you can find a podcast. Uh, I, I I thought it was completely different though that, than what I was expecting with doing the, like the different voices and characters and stuff. I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to to this week. So you want to give us a hint yeah, on the topic or anything? Uh, new episodes every Monday. I'm not going to reveal the topic yet, but uh, it should be another good one. So stay tuned. All right. Well, I already got it up on the screen. We said we 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 broke the news on the patent. So this is a fun story to break. I, I love whenever. Uh, Detective Zach is able to come out of retirement <laughs> and, and point something cool out that, that gets the community excited because it got me excited. Like a- every week I- I'm like planning the show, like every day I just keep an ongoing notepad and I'll, I'll check different sites occasionally. And I-, I found this patent and it was, it was mind blowing. I shared it with Rob, like immediately I'm like, holy crap. Uh, and it, it took a few days for us to, it to sink in, but I-, I was so happy to finally release it. And then hear what everyone else had to say about it, um, because I saw like Moon X or some other people blogged about it. Some people did videos on it. But Dan the Man himself actually came out and responded to it. He responded to our tweet, and then he actually uh, made a tweet of his own, kind of explaining what the patent is. If you want to kind of uh, read that thread, absolutely. So I'll pull up that thread here. So Dan, you know, responded to our tweet and then put out a separate tweet. He said. The idea behind our identity patent is to use proof of co-location, so two people in the same place, and relationships over time to secure and recover identity with publicly auditable data to verify uniqueness and then to reward people for doing the work. And then he goes on, he says, this is effectively an incentivized key signing party that creates a massive blockchain database of relationships linked to non-movable hardware keys. Deepfakes are prevented by only relying on images taken by a phone app. And if you don't know what a deepfake is, it's those crazy videos where uh, they can basically make it look like anybody is saying anything, even now, just from a single photo. So it's good that they're sort of, you know, blocking that out from the start and sort of preventing that as an uh, abuse mechanism. 
Mm-hmm. So th- this is big though because it, it's the the proof of ident it's it's digital ID without a KYC, and it, it seems like like a reasonable solution. But like, do you think how much of this do you think they have built and completed so far compared to their kind of just getting their protections in advance on this and like it, it's like pretty far out? Do you think? Like it's ready. I, don't know. I think it's I think it's possible that they do have a lot of this built. If you go back to you know before B one June happened, when we had no idea what they were going to announce, an ID solution was something that we all sort of speculated might happen. So I have a feeling that this is something that Block One has at least been conceptualizing for a while. Um, mm-hmm. The current state of it, obviously, we don't know, but I would speculate that they've at least worked on it a little bit and uh, may even use it in the voice release. Since Dan has said they'll have multiple forms of authentication, obviously in the US for regulatory reasons, we'll have to use a government issued ID to, to sign up. But in many other countries where that's not required, they'll likely use this unique uh, patent that they have, this unique ID system. So it, it's cool because this really is the holy grail of blockchain identity that a lot of people have been talking about for a long time. And the way that they're doing it seems like an incredibly decentralized way to do it, where you don't have a government that can come in and sort of manipulate the system. You don't have a centralized third party that can come in and manipulate the system. It truly is a decentralized non-government ID system. So I'm super excited about all the possibilities. It all opens the up so much opportunity and it, it's, it's perfect timing too. If yeah. this, a solution were to be available, I don't know, in the next couple of months, even the next year, with, with things like Voice 1.8 coming out and then eventually 2.0, uh, with, with the applications themselves able to delegate resources to their users, that proof of identity becomes even more important because you don't want uh, to, to be attacked with just a bunch of accounts using up your resources if you're offering it free. Like if you're a casino and thousands of accounts just sign on just to hog resources, you don't want stuff like that. Um, but before we move on to the next topic, before we get away from Bytemaster himself, you, you got into the mix of a little uh, Twitter conversation <laughs> here. Uh, uh, Dan got the attention of someone else pretty famous in the uh, EOS community, or not in the EOS community, but in the crypto community. Yeah, it's interesting. Vitalik actually responded. And when I saw his tweet, I did not realize it was in response to Dan's tweet. But Dan was saying, decentralized identity is about removing centralized identity attestations such as government ID issuers and verifiers. It is not necessarily about cost or ease nor privacy. And then Vitalik uh, sort of responded um, in his second tweet. He said, identifying that someone is a unique human and not a bot or a secondary account is harder without government ID, but theoretically possible to some extent. Then I tweeted saying, hey, did you see, you know, Dan's recent patent that just got approved? It seems to solve this issue. Unfortunately, Vitalik has not responded yet, <laughs> but uh, I imagine he is doing some research on that patent. And uh, who knows, maybe but they'll be able to use that in some kind of Ethereum ID system as well. It just shows how, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that this is an important issue, but like Vitalik straight up said that this is a, a huge issue and that once you can identify that someone's unique a unique human, it, it like a lot of doors open up, a lot of different things that aren't possible on, on blockchain are possible. And oh, absolutely. Since not everyone uh, saw the patent stuff, I'll just, uh, I don't even have it queued up on my screen. Sorry, guys. I was going to pull it up, but I have um, 
Uh, the I can give slide. people like a TLDR, which is, first of all, you should definitely watch the episode from yesterday, relatively short, 30 minutes, dives deep into it. We had Mark Woods on who sort of could explain all the different patent graphics. It was a really cool episode and I think very educational, but basically it allows somebody to create a unique digital ID by using a key in the secure enclave on their phone, along with taking photos of themselves and photos of themselves with other people, those uh, aforementioned relationships that Dan is talking about. So it's pretty novel and something that I haven't heard of before. And it's patent approved. So it's just like, yeah. as far as we understood, it just completely uh, skipped the patent pending phase because we never knew about it while it was pending. We didn't find out about it until it was already granted and approved. Uh, so Dan came out of hibernation after we released the news of the patent. He was very quick to it. He apologized yeah. to us for the legalese. But <laughs> like we, we had planned for like two or three days that we were going to drop the news on Thursday and then come out with a live stream like an hour or two later. But we couldn't have anticipated Brendan Bloomer also coming out of retirement uh, like hours before Dan. Like we had to like decide whether or not to talk about Brendan yesterday on the Dan uh, Patton podcast because they're both very relevant. So we're, we're going to uh, tell you what uh, Brendan Bloomer, the CEO of Block One, had to say. Uh, you want to handle that, Rob? Absolutely. So I'll read it for those that are listening audio only. He says, hey, everyone, and this is from Brendan Bloomer, CEO of Block One. I know frustrating days like today can isolate the negatives but we're as optimistic as ever at block one. Instead of beating around the bush, it's fair to say we have to be very careful in the things we say and do 24 seven. And sometimes things like that seem simple for us to get ahead of, require a more careful and less obvious approach. So likely talking about regulators there, they have to be mm. very careful about what they say. Can't talk about token price, things like that. There have been several major developments with EOS, voice and other unannounced initiatives, very exciting which we're excited to bring to the community and are nearing that stage of the pipeline. I'm confident as more of our macro interconnected plans for general adoption and progression become easier to see, many doubts will be replaced by feelings of aha and general excitement. And the notion that EOS isn't of the highest importance to us will be a mischaracterization of the past. And that's something that I really wanna highlight yeah. because effectively what he's saying is that EOS is of the highest importance to them, which is, is very, very exciting. And obviously that shows with them deploying voice on the actual EOS mainnet and not on some random sidechain. Yeah, and, right. and he specifically said EOS. So you've probably noticed since after the the token sale, like it's all EOS IO everything. And EOS IO is very important. Like there, there's a lot of different reasons for side sister chains or private chains or hybrid chains. But to think that they they don't have big plans for the EOS mainnet is, is silly, um, because even in the patent they describe a public network, which, which I, I would only assume that they're talking about the EOS public network. Not, not that there couldn't be other ones, but I, I think that's the read between the lines here, and I, I think that's kind of what you're saying as well. Absolutely. And he goes on even to talk about governance, which I thought was interesting. We haven't heard him uh, speak on that in a while. He says, EOS governance is tricky and is not something we've chosen to ignore, but have been waiting for the right time to get involved and in a way that upholds and further aligns and decentralizes the community. So that's pretty exciting and may sort of be a nod in some way to the Tokenika proposal that they put out to basically say, hey, Block One, use unique voice accounts or maybe this unique uh, non-government ID system to allow your users to vote those tokens on your behalf. So maybe it'll be something like that. I think that pretty much aligns the community. It decentralizes it further. Um, so, so hopefully, you know, that that's sort of a, a nod to them voting in the future. 
He continues, he says, I know waiting sucks and our community has been patient as we bring voice to beta, but coordinating a global launch at the corners of cryptocurrency and social media is truly as involved and complex as it gets amidst the global landscape for both industries today. That said, we're plowing through despite dealing with new considerations daily. I, so that's good. Voice is I, coming. I just wanted to point out, like, yeah, uh, we, we know that there's this plan to, like, draw in influencers, right? Uh, like, if you brought in, like, I don't know if it'd be like a Taylor Swift level, but but big right. people on the Internet. I mean, Donald Trump would be incredible. But like even thinking lower, I'm thinking of what just happened recently with Ninja. I, yeah. I forget his real name, like Dan something Blevins. Uh, he, Tyler, he, I think. Yeah. he he just he, he's the top Twitch. He was the top Twitch streamer in the world. He's the top streamer in the world. 13 million followers on Twitch. And I, I think everyone knows what Twitch is. It's like uh, if you're a video gamer, like a competitive gamer, people watch you play on here. Uh, well, he moved to a, a, a crypto a cryptocurrency product called uh, Mixer, which is just like a, a Twitch competitor. And within the first five days, he brought 1 million signups with him. Out, out of his 13 wow. million followers, he brought a million signups to Mixer. So like we talk about what mass adoption looks like. When's the first dApp going to be with a million users? Well, th this blockchain uh, company Mixer like that I've never used before, they've got a million users. They they've got a million users before any dApp on EOS, and it's because of one influencer. That's awesome. And I think that that honestly proves some of the model that that Brendan has been saying about voice and the ad budget where they will basically pay influencers to bring people over. And depending on how many people they onboard onto voice.com, they'll actually pay them for that. So this I think bodes pretty well. I mean, being able to bring a million out of 13 million, what's that like a uh, 8%, 9%, something like that conversion rate in terms of total followers is actually really, really good. It, it, so it, it bodes well. Within five days on a brand brand new platform that like it's not like you, you converted someone from like Facebook to Twitter and they're both like brand recognizable. Right. It's like you brought these users to to a brand new system. Um, Absolutely. And it's it's also not like they're getting paid. Whereas if Taylor Swift does, if she is one of these voice influencers and she goes out and say, hey, you know, have your voice heard and earn money doing it. I think that conversion rate will likely be much higher and they can bring over millions and millions of people. So seeing that stat that you pulled up with uh, Ninja bringing those million people over, it gets me really, really excited about the voice marketing mm -hmm. plan. What do you think of Brendan bringing up the audit, though? That's something that we've this barely even talked about on here because I think it's just silly for the most part. Right. So, so like, yeah, but he brought it up. Explain it. This is actually the first time I think he has publicly addressed recycling. And recycling was one of the biggest points of FUD surrounding the EOS ICO, where people were basically accusing Block One with very, very little evidence of receiving money in the ICO, taking that money out, and then recycling it through the ICO in order to pump the price up. And Brennan goes on to address this for the first time. He says, the audit is not something that has gone away by any stretch and is actively being pushed forward as we speak. Only recently have we been able to find law firms and credible audit partners willing uh, to discuss engagement with us to potentially undertake such initiatives, despite our best efforts on a near constant basis for the last year. What I can tell you all is that if Block One had engaged in activities like recycling, we would have never been able to attract the great leadership team we have today or have passed the due diligence required to bring on world-class investors like Peter Thiel, Louis Bacon, Alan Howard, Christian Angermeyer, Mike Novogratz, and more. And and it goes on I, to finish. So, sorry, I, I'm just glad he said that because yeah. I, I've noticed sporadically people are saying that like Peter Thiel sold 
and that like my my uh, Galaxy Digital sold like all of their holdings also, and that's just false. And right here, basically, I, I don't think you would have mentioned their names if they already sold and they weren't still like a, a partner in the company. So oh, absolutely. And even Mike Novogratz himself tweeted uh, when all that was going on. I think this was a couple of months ago, basically saying, "Yes, I sold a small portion of my." Uh, block one shares because it, it it appreciated so fast, it increased in price so fast that he just wanted to rebalance, but he still holds a large position there. And then Brennan just closes. He says, time and technology is on our side and there's nothing we prioritize more than our community. My goal is to ensure that any doubts around that topic will not persist much longer, referring again to the audit and the recycling. He says, let's stay positive, stay productive and stay strong, B. So awesome message from Brennan right there. I, I, uh, perfect timing. I think you can actually give some unique insight here because like you run a cryptocurrency or a company in the cryptocurrency industry with Cypherglass, but for, for years before that, you worked, you, you had a company called ICO Alert. And I, I remember whenever I was working with, with you at that time at the company that hear, hearing about your conversations with your, your like accountants and your lawyers right. and your legal and how they always err on the side of caution about everything we had to have the biggest disclaimers on everything uh because everyone's overly careful in the united states and like i i i i'm sure you could relate to uh, to a little bit about what block one's going to and they got a four billion dollar target on their back oh absolutely and you can imagine if this big company that just raised all this money they're in an already controversial industry like crypto and they go to an audit firm and they say hey we want you to audit us <laughs> all they're seeing is risk there they're just seeing risk and alarm bells are going off no 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 we don't really understand that tech we're not sure how to audit it we're going to pass so it really does take a lot of effort and education to to bring the right partner on um for things as as basic as an audit or even accounting i mean my personal cpa the guy who does all my accounting um, it, it took me a long time for me to educate him on things like how to use a block explorer to see transactions that I'm sending and so much more. Um, but now he knows that he's up to speed on it, but it is something that takes a long time. And when you're talking about that kind of money and that kind of risk for an audit firm, it makes sense that they're a little cautious, but it, it sounds like based on Brendan's message that they've, uh, they found law firms and a credible audit partner to, uh, perform the audit. So uh, that's probably the only reason he brought it up because like you said, he's never brought it up before. They yeah. found their firm. So now they're like, all right, we're good. We could bring this up now and talk about it because it's not Absolutely. like just kicking it into the future. It's very exciting. It seems very recent. He said, only recently have we been able to find law firms and credible audit partners. So uh, hopefully it goes through and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for that audit and, and keep you guys updated here. But there's another exciting contest happening uh, on the EOS network right now. This is another exchange that is participating in the EOS governance process. It's OKX out of Asia, and uh, they're voting up to 100 million EOS votes across 30 different block producers. And you can actually help Cypherglass and your favorite block producers get these votes, or at least get a portion of them. Uh, we'll leave a link in the description below, and I'll actually post one in the live chat here as well so that everybody can log in and do that if you have an OKX account. You said you did a video. I, I didn't watch it yet. You said you did a, a video earlier today? Yeah, there's a video. It's actually not on the Cypherglass channel yet, but it's ready to go and will likely be up either tonight or tomorrow, just sort of explaining it and asking you to vote and also has a link uh, to the OKX platform as well. But the thing I really wanted to point out here is, is first just to say thank you to OKX for participating in governance, because this is ultimately what we need on the EOS mainnet to start to solve some of these governance issues, because the more exchanges that continue to vote, whether they're uh, even exchanges or custody partners like Coinbase Custody, the more people in general that are voting, the more secure the network will be and the more accurate those block producer voting results will be in, in sort of uh, showing the 
I guess, intention of the entire EOS network. So I'm super excited to see it. And I hope this will encourage other people like BitHum to vote the rest of their votes, people like Coinbase, Binance, all these people who haven't voted to get out and vote and start participating in this ecosystem. So I, I think it's smart what they, they did uh, where they required registration from what I understand, right? So like every block producer to be on this like voting list, you had to like like reach out to them? Uh, exactly. So you had, had to actually apply and the first 30 people, I'm not sure if we are in or not, but I think we might be. So the first 30 block producers to apply got an extra million votes and then everybody else is battling it out for the remainder. I feel um, like so this is turning into like BP survivor here. Like everyone's just <laughs> trying to survive on the main net with all these <laughs> whales. Uh, so everyone's like fighting for this. So you had basically you had to, uh, register, which means you gave them your contact information. So as a block producer, with a lot of votes, who's trying to be responsible with them, they got the contact information and a point of contact with, I think, 62 different block producers. So that, that's yeah. a great move on their part, especially if they're not completely in tune with uh, everything in the Western world. And then as a business, uh, OKX is a, a large cryptocurrency exchange. It's all crypto to crypto. Uh, they have a parent company called OKCoin, which is like, it, they kind of have a relationship like GDAX and Coinbase, where yeah. uh, OKCoin's more like the Coinbase. It has like fiat to crypto. And then OKX is like the crypto to crypto exchange. So it's like got this huge user base. And as a business, they're being really smart because they know everyone wants these votes. Block producers like Cypherglass, EOS New York, I saw EOS Nation posted something about this. Everyone wants this support. And to get that support, you have to onboard new users to their exchange. So it's not like a, a, a voting pool where you just vote with your tokens or you vote on like a, a, a third party site. You have to you register to OKX as a user and then you have to deposit. What's the minimum? Just like a fraction of a like token, think, like dust. Yeah, a fraction of a token. If you put 0.1 EOS or 0.01 EOS, it should allow you to vote. So I posted the link in the live chat. I'll paste it in, in again. If you have a couple minutes, whether you have an OKX account or not. Highly recommend you register and uh, vote for Cypherglass along with your other favorite block producers. I believe and you can vote. The most them. important part I, I, before we move on to the next topic is yeah. the, the votes refresh every 12 hours. So I, I, don't, I don't know if it's automatic or not. Do you? Or do you have to like uh, I log in? It's just on an individual basis. So if you vote right now, you can vote again in 12 hours and that will continue to increase the tally um, the, until August 20th when this actually ends. So if someone voted today, they could have almost have like, what, six to eight votes before the end of the Something contest? Like that, yeah. They could have a, a decent amount of votes and you can sort of multiply your vote. But what's super exciting about all this is that uh, I hear we're having them on the show. Is that right, Zach? We're, we're, we're in the process. So oh, okay. shout out to uh, Kevin Rose from EOS New York. He, he connected us with uh, someone from BizDev at OKX. Uh, they, they, it sounded like we're going to try to coordinate to bring them onto the podcast to not only learn more about th this uh, $100 million EOS vote BP pursuit contest, but to just get to know who they are as people and as a company and like what their goals are and how they envision the EOS mainnet. I think those are very important questions that everyone would want answered. I want to have answered. And um, we're, we're going to try to make that happen. Uh, we, we sent them Absolutely. some uh, possible dates and times next week, uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens from there. We'll keep you guys updated. One thing that I really want to hear from them also, I think a lot of people forgot that OK Blockchain Capital, which is a part of OKX and this sort of larger conglomerate, they announced a $100 million EOS development fund. And this was a while ago to fund different dApps. Um, I think this might have been even before the mainnet launch, but I'd love to get an update from them on the podcast about that as well, assuming we can get them on. So uh, hopefully that happens. But speaking of other 
uh, people investing. USVC, I guess, recently deployed a new company's landing page. Is that right, Zach? Yeah. Uh, shout out uh, Co- Coach Lenny for this one uh, on Telegram or Eosian on, on Twitter. He pointed this out to me. I, I, I did not catch this. It, it's just a, a very simple uh, landing page on, on on the EOS uh, VC site, but like before they never had, uh, like a portfolio, I, I guess is what we would call this is like all of the different, uh, company and portfolio companies that EOS VC has invested in. And it caught me by surprise because it had ones that I had never actually heard of before, because yeah. usually whenever EOS VC makes an investment, they try to make a big splash with it. They put out some press releases, some tweets, some, some kissing baby and handshake photos. And we didn't get any of this from, I've never heard of Brain Trust. And tell me if you've heard of them, the ones I call out here. I've yeah. never heard of Capsule, Channel Factory. I, I clicked into this one. They like work with all, all of these uh, big marketing brands. I've never heard of Cypher Trace, not related to Cypher Class. <laughs> I've never heard of Claws, Digital Asset Data, uh, Good Money and Everipedia, definitely. I, I don't yeah. even know what this one is. Goki. I've, like, I've never heard of Inoculus. This in Staffo, that that one uh, was the Veyon project. That was like their parent company. Lucid Sites, a gaming company. Uh, Maker OS, that's the SVK crypto one, right? The, um, they, they do like the 3D printing. Yeah, I believe so. Like Moonlighting is going to be launching in about a week. Uh, Mythical Games is uh, the big guys from Activision, the XV. Uh, X, uh, what? Were they executives there? They're, they're like yeah, they were like senior level people that worked on World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, some of the world's most popular games, and are releasing Blancos later this year. So that's exciting. But I think the the biggest thing that this company's page does, and I just linked it in the live chat as well, vc.eos.io/companies, is that when all these people say, "Hey, what are EC, what are, what is EOS VC doing yes. with that billion dollars?" You can link them here and show them the 24 companies that have already been funded with EOS VC which will, over the next few years, turn into hundreds, if not thousands of companies that inevitably get funded by uh, this massive stack of cash that they are pumping into the ecosystem. The, the, the thing that stands out to me is that a lot of these companies are, are companies that already exist. If you go on their websites today, they have like existing users and clientele, and that now they're just uh, integrating the blockchain piece of all of this into their, their profitable business models. And Absolutely. that's something we, we haven't really seen much of in, in but, this ecosystem. Is oh, profitable definitely. It's something businesses. that I think it's sort of an emerging pattern in a lot of blockchain VCs where they're really looking for companies that are already generating revenue. They already have users and they're kind of funneling those users into whatever ecosystem or protocol that they have a vested interest in. So USVC doing the same thing, I think is very, very smart. And just like the moonlighting, which is a great example, 700,000 users, which will be onboarded onto EOS is, is pretty amazing. And you can imagine how that will sort of balloon out as all of these companies launch and put out their products and onboard their users with voice.com obviously being a huge one outside of USVC that should onboard millions and millions of people. So we have some really, really exciting times ahead. And I think a lot of people forget of everything that's coming up. September 23rd, we have the EOS upgrade, where we're going to upgrade to 1.8, which will allow for voice. We have Blancos by the end of the year, predict that IQ prediction marketplace by the end of the year. There's really so much happening that I think has been announced over the past year that now is going to come to fruition and be released over the next year. So I'm just super excited to see how it all unfolds and uh, how the market reacts. I mean, you, you said it, man. Like Things take time. Like uh, We're a little over a year into the main net. Like, we... we, we you always have these uh, like rose 
shaded sunglasses on, like pre-made that. Like we, we didn't foresee a lot of the problems, but like, and we, we thought we'd be further along than we are after a year, but like, like, but what's to come? It's just like, I think maybe our expectations and our timelines were, were a little bit too aggressive. Oh, absolutely. There's a, there's a famous saying, I forget who said it, Bill Gates or somebody like yeah. that, who said, we always overestimate what we can accomplish in one year and underestimate what can be accomplished in 10 years. And I think that's, yeah, we pretty much hit that on the head. Everybody thought voice is going to be out and the new ID system and all this stuff is going to be out in one year. Um, but I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that five or 10 year future and all of the incredible groundbreaking stuff that is going to come out. So uh, I'm still here, obviously, still very bullish on EOS and uh, excited for the rest of the year. Phoenix just said something in the chat. In some ways, uh, we are farther than we thought, though, but we still have a long way Absolutely. to go. I think he was the one in uh, our Telegram channel. He said he, he was at like uh, like engineering or tech conference of some sort, and like nobody knew what blockchain was. They definitely didn't know what EOS was. So like, wow. yeah, like th there's long ways to go. There's long ways to go. But if you think of where we were like two years ago, like chugging away on Ethereum, I, I'm I'm still uh, bullish, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> and more things are coming on chain. I, I, I can't remember if I have it at the end of the notes or not. There, uh, Nudex just did some on chain trading. I think it might be at the end of my notes, but we'll, oh, wow. we'll, we'll jump ahead though, because EOSDT is on chain now with the voting. So you want to yeah. kind of explain what happened with the voting fiasco yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, we'll thank them for their votes and then talk about this. Absolutely. This is pretty wild. So EOSDT, which is Equilibrium, it's a stable coin on the EOS mainnet. They have more than 4 million EOS locked up as collateral to make their stable coin work on the mainnet. And uh, this, this was their second round of off-chain voting where they basically said, hey, EOS community members, go on without a, you know, using a blockchain or anything, just go on and vote for your favorite block producers. And everything looked normal. It looked sort of like the first round of off-chain voting until very close to the end where thousands and thousands of votes came in very, very quickly that seemed like it might be abuse. And it turns out that the EOSDT team actually worked with Survey Hero, who are the ones running that survey. They run that whole survey platform to get rid of the bot voting. And it was pretty crazy just to, to hear how many votes. It, there was something like one person session cast 14,000 votes in five seconds or something. So very obviously bot voting that they then were able to remove and go ahead and cast the votes. But what's cool about this is that it sort of shows another reason why we need blockchains, right? If you can put all this on a blockchain, you can limit it to unique users or at least individual accounts and have them then vote on chain. So that's what's going to happen for this next round of voting. Um, so once that happens, we'll let you know how to vote and go through that whole process. I got I to gotta pop up back on the screen up. All right. Um, so they, they voted for Cypherglass. I have it in my notes. I think you were 10th place in the votes after the bots were removed. But the big news coming out of Equilibrium was that this is the last uh, voting period that it was done on something like, uh, I think, Survey Hero is what it was called. Uh, now yeah. the, the voting moves on chain. So there's like their the, uh, like insurance token. Uh, it has some other utilities. So there's EOSDT, which is a stable coin. And then there's the NUT token that kind of controls all of the, a lot of the governance on EOSDT. And now the uh, voting has moved on chain. So the only way you could vote for a block producer now using their, what is it, Rob, about 4 million tokens? Yeah, a little bit more than 4 million. And it's grown pretty significantly over the last few weeks. So I expect that to continue to grow further and maybe be one of the larger proxies on the network. So you better you better get some nuts then. So hold your Definitely, nuts. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I guess I, I, I don't know uh, uh, enough about it. I'll, I'll probably dig into it now that they're moving on chain and um, uh, the governance piece of it is more of interest. But um, not now we'll we'll see um, the governance of the nut token holders and see what what BPs they support. But it says here that they get five 
votes each. So I, I guess every account of a nut token holder, it's five BP votes for every one nut token. And then they're locked for, I, I think, uh, whatever the voting period is. I think it's 10 days. Right. So that that's cool. Um, I think there's another update. Uh, they just posted a blog like uh, yesterday or today. They they made public that um, they're adding some. Uh, they're they're going to be launching a DSP on Liquid Apps, and that they're working oh, nice. to to use our Oracle services to make their um, price feeds more redundant for for their uh, um, their thorough system. Basically, that's so all exciting. Price feeds. The, the more I look at Liquid Apps and the DAP network and everything going on there, the the more sense it really makes as this multi-chain, you know, sort of second layer scalability network, not just for EOS but for so many other things. So awesome to see another DSP coming on board. That's pretty exciting. So uh, we we launch we lo- we got a we're out of topics here. So if anyone wants anything that we haven't mentioned, uh, we've only been on a half hour. Probably don't want to stay on too long if we don't have anything to talk about. But if you have anything, put it in the chat. But um, we announced our proxy uh, a couple weeks ago. The everything EOS proxy. Uh, you can see it on the bottom banner here. eeproxy.info. If you want to. Uh, proxy your votes are up to about 550,000 tokens uh, of votes from, I think, 80 different accounts. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, But we kicked it off with 20 votes because there are 20 unquestioned votes for BPs that all of the other proxies, for the most part, supported. But the last 10 have been difficult. And we were releasing them like one at a time so we could put a spotlight on them, but it's kind of taking a little bit long. Uh, So we're going to get the last four votes out of here today. Uh, Not out of the way today because um, there's some good BPs that are falling out of uh, vote paying positions. So I'm going to call out my two votes and I, I actually have to cast these votes after uh, we, we get off the stream here. But I, I have uh, my first vote for Tokenica uh, just because they, they make great tools that they're, uh, they fell out of the, the block producer pay BPs. So I, I just want to get them these half million votes as quick as possible. Uh, they just launched an EOS incubator in partnership with StrongBlock and BlockStart, which is Ramon from Investing with a Difference. Uh, they've got great tools, EOS IDE uh, and EOS Factory, which is like a Python-based uh, con- uh, smart contracting testing tool. Uh, so that's uh, one of uh, our four votes for today. Rob, you want to? Absolutely. So the, the next vote that we're casting will be for Hello EOS, which is a team out of Asia that we actually talked with on our recent uh, uh, Cypher Glass East meets West AMA, where we're trying to bridge the East and the West. And that's part of the reason why we voted for them, but also because if you look at what they're doing with that community in Asia, they throw some pretty incredible events where hundreds of people come and attend. They have an incredible community, tens of thousands of people on all their different networks that follow them and look to them for EOS leadership. So uh, Hello EOS gets our vote today uh, for that and several other reasons, but uh, especially because they've been so good in bridging the East and the West. So that's our second vote. Zach, I'm going to go I'm call it EOS Dublin. Uh, shout out to Sharif and team. I know uh, they had an event or two with Cypherglass back before the mainnet even launched. So they're like OG block producers. They supported the mainnet launch. Uh, huge community leaders. Uh, they have a website, eosbootcamp.com. It has a bunch of educational materials. So it helps onboard developers, which is a, a core focus of ours as well here at Everything EOS. So uh, EOS Dublin, they're like on the fringe of losing their paid position. So I want to get them uh, these votes a- as quickly as possible. And then uh, we have one more vote here, Rob. Absolutely. And the final vote that we'll be casting, at least in this round, again, we may change these votes in the future based on new updates, based on new contributions. So we'll let you know when that happens. But the final vote in this round is for Liquid EOS, who has has to be one of the (laughs) most technically competent teams in the entire space. Obviously, Liquid Apps was sort of born out of that. 
which is bridging EOS to so many other blockchains and has honestly solved some pretty severe issues with EOS. Things like liquid accounts that allow people to onboard users for free without paying that RAM fee. Things like VRAM that reduce the cost of RAM dramatically for DAP developers and let them use it as, as a cash layer. So Liquid EOS has contributed a ton both in the code that they've put out, but also in now the products and resources that they're launching. So a huge shout out to Liquid EOS as well. Uh, they deserve that last vote. Te technically competence and understatement, man. Ta Thomas Scali oh, is like freaking Yoda. It's like if uh, Dan <laughs> if Dan Larimer is like the architect, Tal's got to be like Neo. Absolutely. So I, I, I would want him uh, like build my... Uh, producing my blocks okay, uh yeah. i also just want to call this out this this isn't it's more of a liquid apps thing than a liquid eos thing but uh we we put out a trailer for an upcoming hackathon i just want to call that out i'm i'm definitely going to be hands-on with this thing i'm super excited to bring a hackathon to the eos community and beyond other blockchains uh we'll have more details over the next coming weeks but i'm super excited for the liquid apps hackathon stay tuned Absolutely. I think what's so cool about that, and we'll obviously talk more about it, but that it's not just limited to EOS. I mean, any team can really participate and, and utilize the DAP network to scale and use those resources. So it should be an awesome time, and I'm excited to follow it. So uh, I think this is it. Oh, uh, one last thing. Uh, it's been out for like two weeks now. We keep forgetting. Uh, oh, the yes. EOS Authority events page. Awesome. I, I, don't, I, I don't have the URL right in front of me. I think it's just EOS Authority front slash events, I think. Yeah, eosauthority.com slash events. You can basically see all of the EOS events that are happening. This includes live streams. It includes conferences, hackathons, meetups. If you want to know about events that are happening in EOS, you should bookmark this page and check it frequently. eosauthority.com slash events. And I'll drop a link in the chat here as well. But a really great resource. Shout out to the EOS Authority team. I'm going to pull it up uh, on the screen while you talk here. Please do. I believe they already have one of our votes. They were one of our first 20 in the Everything EOS Proxy. So an awesome team that continues to contribute. And if you're curious about 1.8 as well, you can also go to eosauthority.com slash when 1.8, and you'll see sort of a timeline that breaks down all of the events leading up to that September 23rd mainnet upgrade when all of that will be put into place. So really exciting things happening over the next couple of months. And uh, I think we may be through this sort of negative period where everybody's oh, just thank God. And, and feels <laughs> like they, you know, everything's dying. When in reality, so many things are still being built behind the scenes and so many good things are really coming this year, kicking it off with that September 23rd upgrade. So stay tuned. I'm excited. Plenty to look forward to. But um, I, I guess uh, until until next week, man, hopefully we can get that uh, OKX interview up, up and on the air next week. I don't know if it'll be live or not. It depends on the hour of the day. But I hope we could bring that to you early next week, maybe midweek. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated. But until then, uh, I'll see you guys in the uh, Telegram channel. I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this, and this is Everything, is everything EOS. EOS. Go, EOS. Go EOS. Go EOS in the chat. Smash the thumbs up. We'll see you next time.